Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I sure am Kelly. You did it again. Uh, this was jarring because normally we have like two minutes at the front of an audio recording before we actually start the, you know, the podcast. And this, this was like four seconds. Yeah, we really got into it. We hit record and then we were, you know, in it. We're in it to win it. Wow. You know who else is in it to win it? Boom. Microsoft. They announced, finally, the release day of Starfield in a trailer that they posted online. Kind of a teaser, I'd say. Um, they announced that it's coming September 9th. They also announced that they're going to be showing off a lot more of it in a Starfield Direct. September 9th? Sorry, September 6th. I flipped the number. That's Beyonce's... Oh, no, it's not. Uh, keep going. Anyway, uh, they're doing a Starfield Direct, and it's yes, it's called that. They're just straight up stealing that from Nintendo. No developer Direct here, just Direct. Um, they're doing that right after the Xbox Game Showcase, which has finally been announced for June 11th. So, Kelly... That was a lot to unpack. I I don't exactly know why I felt the need to put that in one story. <laughs> I think that, it's just because it was that much. Uh, it was so much in like one tweet. Right. You know, it was a lot in a trailer as well. You like I mean, the trailer they, a lot? Well, they posted the trailer and it was like a trailer. And then Todd Howard popped up and he was like, let me tell you all about what's going on here at Bethesda making Starfield. And it was like, what do we do? It was like, whoa, what's going on? Um, I didn't watch that part because I saw Todd start speaking and I closed it. <laughs> well, I did watch it and it wasn't really that exciting. But Okay. I mean, I imagine if they're announcing that there's going to be something exciting later, uh, then why would you announce or why would you show anything exciting here? Right. I don't know. Um, another key thing is that date, June 11th, that is smack dab right in the middle of Summer Games Fest, which takes place a few days before, and E3, which takes place a few days after. That does put it on a Sunday, though, which is what they always do. So yeah. it's not that Sunday, surprising. Sunday, 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 Monday. Anyway, um... <laughs> They also, I mean, that confirms that they won't be part of E3 itself. I think they made a comment. They said that officially, um, probably right after this. But yeah, I don't know. If if they're not part of Summer Games Fest or E3, part of me is like, I don't want to prejudge, but I'm like, Summer Games Fest was really good last year because it kind of rode off the lack of E3. You know, it had lots of different developers there. And also like, like the Xbox event called itself a Summer Games Fest event the playstation state of play that was that we called itself a summer games fest event if things aren't calling themselves that mm, i don't know what even is that event right just the jeff show we love the jeff show oh did you watch the oscars uh not really no okay i just heard they premiered a new trailer for a movie at it and i was like so they are gonna start copying the game awards uh Trailer for what movie? I think The Little Mermaid. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it just during the commercials or was it during the show? I'm sure it was during the commercials. Oh, I guess uh, Disney owns the Oscars. So that makes sense. Either way, 
I think the key thing is like a lot of people have been saying, oh, if they just put trailers in the Oscars, they'd be more interesting. But I'm like, no, they wouldn't because the game awards aren't interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Award shows like at this juncture aren't really the most interesting. Yeah. And nobody got slapped or anything, which is like fine. I don't like violence, but like the Oscars had the slap and then the game awards had Bill Clinton kid. That's like, true. He didn't do any slapping, though. No, his was nonviolent, but certainly disruptive. <laughs> anyway. Bless you. That's definitely a word for it. Kelly just yawned, and I'm a little offended that she's so bored by what we're talking about. I'm not bored. I'm just a sleepy girl. Oh. You know where I will be bored, though? <laughs> uh, E3. <Where>? 2023. <laughs> um, because really no one's going to be there. Uh, But according to uh, E3, the people who run it, the Entertainment Software Association, uh, they're totally, totally going to have big names there. Um, I love the trust us. Trust us. Uh, Xbox isn't going to be there. PlayStation's not going to be there. Or I guess I should say Sony and Microsoft. Uh, Nintendo's not going (laughs) to be there. So the big name that they have right now is um, Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of funny to even like say that. Uh, big name, big name. So I'm not really sure like what they're talking about because it's simply not true. I just. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not run by the Entertainment Software Association anymore. It's run by a events company named Read Pop, uh, who really also runs not PAX. Run by the ESA? EGX and the Star Wars Celebration. No wonder it's so busted. I guess it's that not makes even the sense. same people. Because the ESA is a lobbying organization, which when I found that out at whatever old I was, I was like, "What? Like this is a government like organization that lobbies for the interests of video game companies, and in response or like in return, those companies pay the ESA a lot of money to go to E3." And I'm just like, wow, government. Yeah. I guess it makes sense that the French company is the only one doing E3 then. Yeah. They have a different government, a French one. That's true. France, the French do have a French government. <laughs> you know who else has the, a French government? Who? Um, Warner Brothers. Okay. They have their own government. Because Are you saying so that there's a lot of guillotining happening at Warner Brothers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's exactly my clever thing I was saying. Uh, Kelly, you're a big fan of the Suicide Squad game that oh. isn't out yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yep, that's me. Big fan. Excited for that May 25th release? Uh, uh, sure am. Calm maybe down. don't be. Oh. Because reportedly, it's being delayed. Um, the thing that confuses me about this is... Um, I feel like this was this being reported, which it was reported on March 9th, uh, would trigger Warner Brothers to be like, yeah, it's true, and announce the delay immediately. But now it's been four days as of time of recording, and they haven't officially confirmed it. That seems weird to me. Yeah, it's a bit awkward. Because, like, either it is getting delayed, and they're just sitting on their hands, and I'm like, guys, tell us. Or it's not, but that's not really likely, because Jason Schreier broke it, and he's kind of always right. 
I don't know. Yeah. And also, like, it, there's there's rumblings that it's because of the bad way, the bad reception from the PlayStation State of Play. But like, it's reported to be a, a small, pretty small delay, just a few months. It would have to be like a year plus delay to fix the things that people didn't like about that State of Play trailer. Yeah. And it's already it's a live service game from the ground up. Like it's designed to be that way. You can't undo that. Right. It's in the bones. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine. I don't really care, but I'll leave it at that. I'm just. I don't know. To each their own. To each their own. It's been quite a saga with this game. Saga. More like. Mario. I'm not sure that works. I guess I could have said Super. Saga, more like Super Mario. You just got all fuzzy and blurry, your sound. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah, now I can. Well, now the audience is going to... I wonder if the audience is going to hear it. I don't know. It was like you were underwater or something. It was weird. Ooh, maybe I was underwater looking for uh, cheap cheeps. Oh, or Octo Rocks. That's a different series. That's Zelda, isn't it? Yeah. What's the bloopers? Bloopers. Bloopers. Octoroks are the guys who go with the big rocks. That makes sense. And and bloopers are squids. You may be wondering why we're making a bunch of references to Mario. Well, I'll tell you. It's because a new and the last, the final trailer for uh, the new Mario movie came out. Uh, This came out on the 9th of March, Thursday. Um, I assume it was probably like a movie trip, like in the movie theaters for a premiere or something. I don't really know. It was a direct. Oh, it was a direct? Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to, it was pretty stupid. Oh. It was Miyamoto being like, hey, it's me, Miyamoto, and then being like, how about you, Chris-san? And then Chris Melodondri being like, hi, I'm Chris Melodondri. And I'm like, we've done this. This is the third time. And they're like, let's throw it to the cast. And then it threw to to the cast and Chris Pratt looked dead in his eyes like the others are all smiling and Chris Pratt's just like I'm Chris Pratt well uh uh there's some new stuff in this trailer um not a whole lot I was gonna say there's not a I was surprised how little new stuff there was which is good because I don't want the whole thing spoiled but yeah is Rainbow Road the finale of the movie though Probably. I'm feeling like that's what it's going to be. That sucks. Like, yeah. Them showing it in the last trailer was already annoying if it's the finale. And this is just like, what if we showed you a little more and then made it the poster? I feel like Rainbow Road is probably the most familiar because pe- not everybody plays like Super Mario Brothers, but like everyone and their grandmother has played Mario Kart, you know? I guess I didn't even think about that. Like, they showed Mario Kart for the first time. I was like, oh my God, Mario Kart? But I guess you just pointed it out like, of course they had to have Mario Kart. Yeah. Everybody loves Mario Kart. I think the only thing that I was like, whoa, was the Luma. Because I'm like, I really think if they're going into Rainbow Road, they're probably going to integrate Galaxy stuff. Yeah. Who's going to voice Rosalina? Yeah. I have something to tell you, Andrew. Is it you? I've done the voice of Rosalina for the Mario movie 2023. Kelly. That's an NDA broken. Oh, I totally oh. forgot I signed an NDA. <laughs> My bad. Uh, Kelly, there's a news story attached to this news story, um, specifically for our audience. 
We we got tickets. We got oh. them. Everybody, take a deep breath. Sigh of relief. We got the tickets. Confirmed. Me and Kelly are going. We can't back out now. I mean, you can. You can cancel the tickets until the day of. No, I think you can cancel them until the showtime. Yeah, because yeah. we had to cancel Uncharted the day of because, like, there was horrible weather that day. Remember? Yes. So, yeah. So, technically, but let's just say, never mind. I'm going to cut that all out. We're locked in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're freaking locked in. I'm going to get me a rum and coke slushy and some a big giant popcorn. I don't care if we eat dinner beforehand. And I'm yeah, we're gonna, gonna watch the Mario movie, and I'm gonna have a great time. What are we gonna eat for dinner before? Let's have that discussion on the air. What are we gonna <laughs> eat before? I don't. Well, there's a Quaker steak right by the <laughs> movie theater. That's ruined. Uh, I don't know. Really, the world feel- is our oyster, and by the world, I mean all of Valley View. Oops. I was gonna say all of each other. three restaurants. <laughs> also, there are we didn't dox ourselves because there's like. 80 show times for this this movie that's true although there was very limited 2d shows i didn't realize that movies were still in 3d i thought mm-hmm. that was like done yeah because we were gonna go at like i was like oh yeah we'll go at like seven that'll be perfect but then i was looking at the show times and it's like oh you want to see it in 2d you have to wait another hour and a half and i'm like why there's like four 2d show times total yeah it's dumb. I don't want to work. I'm not wearing 3D glasses. You hate 3D, right? I don't love it. Like, if we have the option to see it in 2D, why would we see it in 3D? Right. I don't need so. all the knickknacks. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to see it. It'll be great. Well, it'll be a great time. I have a good feeling that the movie will be fun. I think it's going to be like a solid six and a half out of ten. You know? Yeah. I'm sure like, it'll be a good time. Memorable experience. Decent movie. I feel like it'll be equivalent in quality to like that first Sonic movie. Yeah. Give me two rum and coke slushies and it'll probably be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Give you a a designated driver and four of those and it'll be the best experience of your entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe not because I'll probably be uh, asleep. (laughs) I think it'll be too loud and bright for you to fall asleep. You'd be surprised what a rum and coke slushie can do. Okay, well, I won't drink one so I can wake you up every three minutes. <laughs> Kelly, this is just like the game. Kelly, this is just like the game. Kelly, this is just like the game. I feel like, well, remember when we were at Uncharted, we like, there were like three references in that movie total. <laughs> it was like no references, but when it was, we like look at each other, we were like, <gasps> yeah. I feel like we're going to do that a lot more at this one, and it's going to get very annoying for whoever's next to us. Well, who cares? Dude, it's a Mario movie. If you're not like, if you don't see the Mario references, then when and if you're annoyed at them, then you need to go. You yeah, you're probably a child, which is probably what all of the audience we're going to is going to be. Yeah, except for us. Yeah. When I saw Sonic 2, it was like there were a lot of kids there. <laughs> yeah. So this is probably going to be similar, but for as long all as ages. we're not alone. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're a solo person, it's creepy, but we'll just pretend to be like 11. I don't think that's going to work for us. There were, I think there's better options that we could have executed. Uh, executed. Yeah. I agree. Kelly, uh, dinosaurs. I love them. If Exo- I could go to high tea with some dinosaurs, that would be you incredible. Could go to what? High tea, you know, like tea. Like fancy tea, like tea and snacks. Kelly, Exoprimal is a game about shooting lots of dinosaurs. 
Um, I know that we shooting them with guns. Yeah, I don't know about all that. What there's a gun? What do you mean? Just look at thirty seconds of the trailer and then you guns. When was this game made? It hasn't happened yet. Let me finish the story. It comes out <laughs> July fourteenth. Okay. I like the implication also that like games were made before guns existed. So it's like, oh, well, this game can't have guns because it was made before guns. Yeah. Anyway, there's like more. There's swords, too. I'll probably if I can if I play that, I'll play this. It's coming out July 14th. It's by Capcom. Looks kind of dumb. Looks kind of fun. Kind of. It looks very dumb. This looks like maybe one of the dumbest games that has happened in the past like 10 years. That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, this looks like a game that came out that would have come out in 2011. Yeah, this feels like a late PS2, maybe PS3 game, you know? Yeah, definitely. But it comes out July 17th, sorry, 14th. I can't say dates today. Much (laughs) to my surprise, it's coming to Game Pass day one. Uh, I feel like Game Pass is just absolutely murdering right now with, like, its third-party support. Yeah, definitely. Why? It's just Xbox. Like, why is PlayStation not doing this? Why is PlayStation not paying bank for, like, Resident Evil 4 Remake? on PlayStation Plus Premium. Like, think about that. That'd be incredible. It'd, it'd like, blow minds. But instead, over here, like, Xbox is just, like, actually, we're going to pick up, pick up, like, all these awesome B-tier titles that, like, you may not have played, but if they're on Game Pass, sick. Like, Wolong, Exo Primal, uh, the Russian one that I don't like. Um, those are all fart. Atomic Tutor. Um, <laughs> I, that's not even a pun. I'm just being rude. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm more excited for this game than I was because it was kind of a meme, and but now it's not because it looks, it's free. Why would I not be excited? I like free things. Yeah. Are you gonna play it? Uh. You can shoot a T Rex. I don't know. Probably not. What if it's really? Why are they shooting really a Stegosaurus? There's no reason. Stegosaurus don't eat people. I think all of the dinosaurs are violent in this. They got oh, okay. transported to our world and they're mad about it. Uh, well, there's an open beta test on March 17th through the 19th if you're interested. No. Oh, Why okay. I, no, I'm good, Kelly. Thanks. Okay, bye. You know what game is probably uh, not in beta or open beta or anything? What? Uh, it's the Gollum game. <laughs> it's probably remember that alpha. remember that game and we saw the trailer and it was like when was this game made and it was like uh this uh, it's supposed to come out this year and it's like what are you sure about that uh well they released a new trailer uh it's a story trailer uh for uh the lord of the rings Gollum. uh there's a big old warning game and development does not represent final quality uh and it's supposed to come out this year, which is very interesting. Not sure about that. It's coming out on the PlayStation think... 5 and the PlayStation 4. And if it gets delayed long enough, it might even come out on the PlayStation 6. I think it's really interesting that they went and bought some like bootleg toys of the Lord of the Rings characters. And that's what they based the character models in this game off of. Yeah, so yeah, uh, everything looks weird. Even Sauron looks a little bit questionable. Uh, the lighting looks nice. Sure. 
that's I mean the lighting does look I think the lighting and like the textures on the environment look fine but there's a lot of characters in this trailer and all of them look janky yeah it looks like an advertisement for like a mobile game Mm-hmm. it looks bad and Gollum has a ton of hair he also Which just I'm looks scary just not sure about he holds hands with that like elf lady and she looks terrifying yeah I'm just not sure Gollum's like a bad guy right I mean he's misunderstood to an extent right um, he's like a, yeah, he's a bad, he's like a warning. He's like this, a symbol of like, this is what could happen to you, Bilbo, or Frodo. Actually, Bilbo Both. meets him too. This, just who wants this game is my question, I guess. Me. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I do think it looks a little bit better. It looks very improved, but also when it's gameplay, I don't think it looks impressive. No, it looks... There's very little of that in this trailer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who would want to be like, I want to play Gollum. I want to play Gollum. Well, nobody's going to be saying that because it's never coming out. Yeah. True. Uh, Kelly, do you have a PlayStation? I sure do. Did you know I have one? Nope. I have a PlayStation. Well, you have to go to jail for that, so. Wee whoop, wee whoop, wee whoop. I don't know what that is. Uh, Kelly, I was playing games this week. Oh, because you're a gamer? I'm a gamer. Not a All lot right. to talk about because there's not a lot of new stuff. But I put about 10 hours in Octopath Traveler 2. Let me tell you, just getting better. I'm a huge fan of this game. I'll probably jump into it later once I've actually like played a lot of it, but I finished the first chapter of every character. I'm loving it. I think the combat's super cool, and I've now I'm have all the characters, so I know all the different mechanics that they unlock, and I'm a big fan, and I'm looking forward to playing a lot more. It is funny playing 10 hours and feeling like, oh, I just started, but that's because the design of this game, it's like you play the first chapter of everybody, and then and then things really kick off with the second chapters now that you have a full party. Yeah. So. But I'll talk about more of that more later. Uh, I played another game that I'm not going to talk about specifics for very much because somebody already did that very recently. Uh, Kelly inspired me. So with my partner, I started Persona 5 Royal. We got about 10 hours in because uh, we got a little hooked this weekend. Destroyed it. Got through most of the first palace. I like this song. I will say I like that there's two battle themes now. So, like, if you ambush, you get a different battle theme, which, like, realistically is going to be about, like, 60 percent of your battles, I'd say, are going to be ambushes. So that means you get about, like, a nice split of hearing different songs, two there's different some... songs. Is there more? Uh, uh, um, uh. We'll discuss um... off air. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really... Some really good songs in the royal section of the game. If you're oh, picking up what I'm putting down. In the in the DLC, essentially. Sure. sure. I will say I like downloaded a DLC pack that it gave me because I have Persona 5, I think. Um and it just gave us so much stuff. Are you playing on Game Pass? 
No, I'm playing on PlayStation. Oh, because if you have, download it from the... Game Pass, it it gives you like a it gives you the like deluxe version, so you get a ton of costumes and a ton of items. Yeah, I think that's what I got. Maybe that's just the default now. Yeah, probably. But like, uh, it gave me like ten beads and ten like full SP restores and ten lock picks and all the stuff, and I was like, geez, like that's incredible. And then there's so many outfits. Like yeah. we opened the DLC box in the bedroom, and it was just like DLC, DLC, DLC. It was like twenty drop down boxes and i was like oh my god just skip through it we don't need to know all of this <laughs> yeah um and realistically i feel like a first playthrough like it's probably good to play with a default costume because it feels nice but we'll probably switch it up we'll see i um, like uh well just say it. you if haven't played DLC. three or four right i've played four completely so uh if you put everybody in the uh uh yasugami uniform uh-huh. Uh, something interesting might happen. Does the battle theme battle. change? Does the battle theme change to Persona 5 4 music? That's sick. That's not a spoiler. That's it's the I DLC wanted it that to comes... be a fun surprise for you. Oh, I mean, I kind of figured when you said that, that. And the 3 one is really fun because the 3 battle music is so good, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> I might just have to do that. But anyway, it's fun to play it with somebody new. Uh, I... I mean, like somebody who hasn't played it before, I should say. I played the original game completely. I got Royal right when it came out in 2020. 20. Yeah. I didn't play it, though, because one, it was right at the beginning of COVID, and two, I felt still just like a little too recent off of Persona 5, because at that point it had been like less, little under three years since I was done with it. Now it's been, what, six years? Yeah, it came out in April of 2017, so it'll be six years shortly here. That's crazy. Yeah, so it feels a little, it feels more like removed, and I'm able to enjoy it more. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of new stuff in Royal. Yeah, like I keep being like, oh, that's new. Like the the seeds in the palace. I'm like, what? This is new. Yeah. And then like anytime I see Kasumi, I'm just like, <gasps> even though I don't know anything about her, I'm just excited about a new character. I love her so much. I gaslit myself into believing that the will seeds were in the vanilla Persona Five. <laughs> No, because I well the like, first one you get you have to grapple hook to, which is a new mechanic. I know, but I was like this. I thought the grapple hook was a new mechanic. I didn't think that the will seeds, seeds were a new mechanic. I was like, oh, I don't remember this when I first played Persona Five, but whatever. I don't even know what they do. I just know when you get them, you get an SP recovery, and I was like, whoa, that alone is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'll be playing a lot of that. Hopefully, finishing it by by May. That's the current goal. Um. It'd be really nice to have this done before Tears of the Kingdom, but we'll see. I believe in you. I think you can do it. Kelly, did you play games? I did. I'm playing Persona 3 Portable on Game Pass. Um, I am about 32 hours in, I think. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I play... That one's a lot shorter, right? It's closer to 70 hours. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a good ways in. You kind of stop playing the game. I mean, it kind of ends in like January, I think. I'm in September now. Oh, okay. Which is my favorite month of the game because I get my favorite character. Uh, I was showing Andrew earlier. You guys can't see, but I have a whole schedule written out for every day of the week in Do Persona this. 3. Okay, it's I on didn't a little mean piece of paper. <laughs> uh, because t- my time management skills are fine. Uh, but I did not finish all the confidants in 5, Royal, and Royal, which is crazy because they give you a lot more time in 5. Mm-hmm. And in three, they're, you're, they're a lot more tight with your time. So I really have to, like, optimize my time. But anyway, 
I'm playing Persona 3 Portable. Probably finish. I mean, I'll definitely finish before May. But uh, after that, I'm moving on to Persona 4 Golden, which I'm a little bit more excited about because that's the only game that I haven't really played. Wait, really? I've played a little bit of it. No, I didn't. I haven't played it. I've seen it, but I haven't played it. Well, I haven't even seen Golden. I've seen four, like the original. All of it? Yes, because okay. when I was younger, I used to, there was this um, uh, uh, I'm kind of dating myself here. Uh, there was this platform called well, they're still around. They're called Giant Bomb, but they had a Persona Four Endurance Run, which was basically where the two where two of the guys just sat down and played Persona Four. Um, and every day there was like a new video. They were like ten minutes long, literally. There were hundreds of videos. Oh my gosh! And I was in high school and I watched them all and it was so much fun. And, uh, but that was the original Persona 4. I'd never have fully seen Golden and I've never really played Golden. So I'm excited because there's a lot of characters. I love Kanji. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited to see him. And I love, um, uh, um, which one are you thinking of? Yukiko? Uh, Chie? No, no, no. Yosuke. I mean, I love all the girls. I like the cast of Persona 4. It's a little bit more lighthearted than Persona 3, even though it's about murders. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Persona 3 is all about death. So really, the fun doesn't come until Persona 5 when you're just like, I'm just stealing stuff. Yeah, this is Woo! just sexual harassment. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Persona that's the plan a lot right more now. Persona so- a lot more societal. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I you're think- going to love Persona 4. So I'm excited that this is like the year of Persona for you. Yeah, definitely. And well, then you have um, a lot to do before October. Yeah, and then uh, you know I got a Breath of the Wild two, and then I got a Baldur's Gate three, and then I got Starfield. So in a week, you poor soul. I'm gonna wait on. I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna wait on Starfield because I just I care more about Baldur's Gate three. So you're not even gonna try. It's free. You don't even have to pay for it. I know. I'll try. I mean, I'll play it, but I'll. I'm gonna finish Baldur's Gate three first. There's no way I'm putting that game off. No way. Yeah. No, you're. Com- that's. I would be shocked. I'm considering playing that game over Starfield, but I'll probably just play both. We'll see how the PS5 port of Baldur's Gate is. That's the key there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kelly, we're gonna do something a little unusual. We just talked about what. Why'd you hit the desk? Are you okay? Sorry. Angry. My eczema is really bad right now. You can probably. Oh, mine see. too. Right there. Um. So I'm like trying not to itch my hands. So you smash the desk where your microphone's on. Yeah, exactly. Good idea. Um, Kelly, we have one more news story. Usually after we say what we played, we're done. But we have one more news story. And that is confirmation that The Last of Us Season 2, as well as presumably Seasons 3, maybe even 4, will cover Last of Us Part 2. This may sound like a given to uh, an outsider, but what that really means is that they're not going to have any like gap between... They're just going to jump straight from the first game to the second game, which confuses me a little simply for aging. But I guess they did a really good job of making Pedro Pascal look different ages between episodes one and two. So, like, I guess they can do that again. But yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 find out probably in about a year and a half, I would guess. Uh, Kelly, the finale, the last episode of Last of Us season one aired last night. Yeah. The cast of us. I'm sorry. <sighs> Oh, good reference. We can 
edit that out. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to remember where we're from. Remember our roots. Um. Anyway, I think it's time. Let's give our spoiler-free impressions of the series real quick. Okay. What did you think of the series? Like, a, just a quick couple sentences that doesn't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Sure. Um, it is very similar to the games. I think it really shined in episodes where it diverted from the games. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Bill and Frank episode, for example. But Classic. I do believe that there is a lot of merit to seeing different performances of the same story. Uh, I thought Pedro and Bella were really incredible leads. Um, I am, I feel differently. I like, I feel like Pedro's Joel is a little bit different from the game. Joel, he's a little bit older and we've talked about this before, but to me, he's a little bit more emotional uh, a little bit sadder. I mean, not that Joel's not sad because Joel's like the saddest man alive, but <laughs> um, TV show Joel feels a lot more like on the edge, you know, like he's, he's like one bad day it. away from, yeah, <laughs> from, you know, CNX. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, worth a watch, especially if you really are a fan of The Last of Us. I think that, you know, obviously I think you'll enjoy this. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for people who don't, who aren't familiar with the game to get into it. Um, and I am tentatively looking forward to season two. Um, I don't have a lot to add that you didn't cover. I liked the episodes that it were different most. I think the villain Frank episode is an absolute highlight without competition. Um, but that was also kind of just a short film that hardly had to do with the last of us. Um, that's why I was so hopeful that season two would be like a whole new story that takes place between part one and two. But, oh well. Um, I I liked where the series went, even if it didn't surprise me, per se. Um, I thought they were going to surprise me a lot more than they did because the opening couple episodes have some pretty substantial changes and then they just stopped doing that. Um the last chunk of the series is basically if you've played the game, you know what happens. The presentation can change a little bit and some of the minutia changes a little bit and there's no infected um, for some reason. There's like no infected. But you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't have a lot more to say that's not spoilery, so I guess shall we... Uh, do you want to say goodbye to the people that are going to leave real quick? And then yeah, we'll let's continue? get into it. Bye, people. I'm Ooh, sorry. I'll do it, I'll do oh. it because you. Yeah, I'll say the goodbye. I'll say your bye. Okay, to everyone who doesn't want to be spoiled, uh, this is a great time for you to join us next week and leave us this week, or come back after you watch the show. Yeah, give us more minutes. Listened. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening to you guys. Bye. Okay, now everybody who stayed, we're all going to be really mean to the guys who left. Okay, ready? Yeah, those losers. Boo! Stupid losers. You stink. Yeah, but you don't even know you stink because you're not here anymore. <laughs> Unless you came back later, in which case you don't stink anymore. You lost the stink. Good job. Good job. Kelly, uh, let me say, I didn't need to know why Ellie was immune. 
I didn't mind. I kind of liked it. Um, I get why it's not like the most important part of the story. But I think it added to the element of like her being immune and her circumstance. It's not just like divine intervention. It had a reason. And I feel like that reason made her compulsion and her like, I need to do this like that much stronger. Because it's not just like, oh, some random person in the world is randomly immune. So it's like, whatever, she has to be the cure. It's like, my mother died for this. I have to do this. Yeah. Um, and I think that made it more compelling, her dis- her distrust in Joel after the fact, because she knows he's lying and she doesn't trust him anymore. Yeah. Um, and she'll never know what happened with her mom because Marlene is gone. Right. And Marlene's the only one that knows that. Right. Oh, this is spoilers for both games as well. So be be warned if you if you know the story of the first game but not the second. Um be weary, be wary. Yeah. I didn't Okay, so I said it in my spoiler-free thoughts. I loved the first half of this show. I thought they expanded the opening a lot in a good way. I thought they like the orig- initial pandemic stages are very interesting and seeing that um, from Joel and Sarah's perspective, as well as that one flashback of like the flower or like that woman saying, let's bomb everything. I thought those were very interesting. The thing that confused me is the way they were setting it up. I thought they were going to have like flashbacks that had nothing to do with the characters every episode. Um, Cause they had like that talk show bit. They had, because they had the talk show bit in the first episode and then they had that uh, scientist woman in the second episode and I was like oh they'll do this in every episode and then it made sense Bill and Frank they had a lot of like pre or like early pandemic stuff with Bill I just thought that was the direction they were going to keep going and then that's clearly not what happened um, which disappointed me a little bit and also I said this with the what sixth episode when they had the cabin scene. I was like, once they started going pretty one-to-one, I found myself comparing it a lot more heavily with a lot more scrutiny, I should say, because like they literally say the same lines. So I am like noting how they deliver it differently. And that became a big problem. And also like, I, I know I'm just rambling. I think that the, the game has a lot of commentary on player agency, even if it's kind of like, maybe a little unintentional and a little bit background. And that's kind of, that's lost. Well, obviously that's lost. You can't have commentaries on player agency if there's no player, but like the sequence in the hospital, not playing that sequence. I felt removed some of the impact, uh, not playing as Joel and Ellie, not moving around and hearing them chat with each other kind of hurt. Uh, the scene in the show right at the start of episode nine where Ellie like wasn't talking that felt a lot worse in the game to me because in the game there was a lot more walk around banter. So when you take that away, it feels much more jarring, but in this it's like there wasn't a lot of, a lot of walk around banter, you know, because there isn't a lot of walk around because that would be boring for TV, I guess. So there's just certain things that lost their impact by taking away playing it and i i couldn't help but feel like not let down i think the series is pretty pretty darn perfect but 
I just think it was a better game, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's so many people watching this that have never experienced the game, and they're probably, like, amazed. It doesn't help that I've seen that, like, I've played through it ten times. Like, I know it happens too well. Yeah. I think you and I are looking at it at different perspectives. I think mm-hmm. you're coming at it from the uh, angle, obviously, of someone who's played the game and is, like, a from a gamer perspective. <laughs> gamer. Um and I feel a little bit more like I am looking at it from the perspective of a TV show and like the mechanics of it. I actually thought I really enjoyed the hospital scene because there's this like um, it's not just like, boom, I shot this guy and that's the sound of him dying. It was like this the sound of it sort of faded away and it, it you know, you just started hearing like the, the opening theme, like a rendition of the opening theme softly in the background as Joel's going through this like rampage through the hospital. I felt like it was really well done because I feel like it really perfectly captures sort of the essence of what they were trying to say in this episode was this sort of destructive love, this sort of like love at all costs um, because it's the contrast of like this horrible violence happening versus like the, the, the softness of the theme and, and ultimately his mission, which is to go save her. Um, yeah. I thought it was very, I don't know if interesting is the right word. When you come into it with the context of the second game, and obviously you know about Abby's dad, like seeing him get shot, it was like, oh my God. It's like, it makes you like, it makes your stomach curl. And you're <laughs> this like, this oh is going to end bad. Yeah. And like, I couldn't even react really because the person who I was watching it with has not played the second game and doesn't really get it. So I didn't want to be too much. It's like the same thing that happened in episode like five or whatever. The horse. Yeah. With the shimmer. I was like, Oh, there she is. But it's like, it, it, that doesn't mean anything to anybody else except for the people who played the second game. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I, I see where you're coming from. And I do think that, so much of what makes the games so interesting is is this sort of discussion on player agency is like the you're, the way you're just mowing down people and like the way in the second they like call each other by name and they're like they're people you know it, they're not just it's not infected it's people and it kind of a lot of it is about like well what did you do as Joel as the player and how is that affecting the future of him and Ellie that sort of thing. Um, which is something that you lose in the show. Uh, beyond that, though, I do feel like um, I want them to expand more in the second season on a few different things. I think that something that the second game did that was really interesting was Ellie's like PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that could be very interesting in the show um now if they are following the games like one-to-one i'm gonna miss pedro a lot because i don't think we're gonna get a lot of him in the next season no we'll probably get flashes yeah but i think okay so that's one thing i'm confused about because if they're jumping straight into season part two with the next season bella isn't gonna look that much older they're 19 right now, even though they're really good at playing a 14-year-old. Yeah. How much How much older 
how much older can that character look in real life? That was the benefit of a video game. Ellie looked a lot older in part two, but there were flashbacks and they could just use like a younger Ellie character model. So they had character models for like 14 year old Ellie and like 16 year old Ellie and like 18 year old Ellie. You can't really do that. So Mm -hmm. a lot of that nuance is kind of lost. That's like one of those things. It's like you need the video game technology is just superior for telling that kind of story. Obviously you can use CG to change the age of a person to some extent and makeup, but like a video game, it's just straight up. Like it's different character models. It's perfect. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they handle that. I think if they were smart, they would film the flashbacks now, like Mm -hmm. yesterday, or maybe they did it while they were filming with the knowledge of that they would get a season two and it would be the second story. Um, and I think that, you know, given Bella's age, when they shot this, they were probably like, what, 17 and now they're 19. So I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like you can successfully make somebody look older. It's a lot harder to make somebody look younger. Um, but I think you can successfully make somebody look older, not only with makeup, but also with like hair and clothes. And I'm not as concerned about that element of it because I am more than willing to suspend my disbelief that time has passed. I do think it's difficult with the amount of time that's supposed to pass. But I think by the time the show comes out, uh, Bella Ramsey will probably look older anyway, just because you don't really stop aging. I mean, you never stop aging, <laughs> but you kind of yeah. go- grow into yourself like after, I, I don't know, like you, you start to look like yourself in the way you're going to look for a long time, probably around the time you're like 23, 24. So we'll see. I, um, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious and also it's weird hearing people call last night's episode a cliffhanger that's really weird to me because for years for so many years i didn't view it that way i viewed it as wow what a bold way to conclude a story when i finished the last of us i didn't think anything about the sequel i didn't think there would be a sequel so hearing people call this a cliffhanger is weird to me because they know, you know, they know there's a part two, so they know there's going to be a season two. But, and that's something that I'm not being fair because that lens is, you cannot replicate that lens because there is a part two now. Nobody ever again in history will be able to play Last of Us Part One as a singular product, you know? Yeah. They will always have a knowledge of a part two. But for, you know, you played it when it came out, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you had that, too, where it was several years of dwelling on that ending as an ending. So it's weird hearing it called a cliffhanger. And, you know, that's just, like I said, that's just a difference in perspective because they know. You know, they knew going into this that there was a part two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I, I, think... that's, <laughs> I didn't have a big point there. but No, no, I see what you're saying. I, I agree. It, it's, it's really not a cliffhanger i mean i guess it is if you're like eagerly awaiting like what's gonna happen once they get to tommy's and it's like well you find that a whole lot of nothing happens 
for the most mm-hmm. part until something really, really bad happens. And then a whole lot of everything happens. It's like a cliffhanger, in my opinion, would be like, oh, Ellie's at the hospital and we need to get to the hospital. End of season. Like that would be an insane cliffhanger. I think of like The Walking Dead. Yeah. It was like the end of season six, I think, when it was like Negan was there and he was trying to decide who to kill and we never and he bashed somebody's heads in and we did not see the person whose heads he bashed in. It was so stupid. And that was a cliffhanger. Um, but yeah, I can I I can see how that would be a cliffhanger because yeah, everybody says, okay, part two's coming. So what's gonna happen in part two? Now we're left to wonder how Ellie <laughs> feels about the situation. And it's like well, you're not really we left know. to wonder because you can just go seek it out. Uh, yeah. Everything has happened already, and you can see what happens if it's really going to bother you that much. But I'm so curious how they're going to tackle the structure of the sequel too, because yeah, like it's it's very it's very oddly structured. It's I very don't think weird that they narrative. could do that again. Do you? Like the hatred for Abby that they kind of deliberately boil to an absolute breaking point and then they thrust you into a position where you are forced to you know see eye to eye with this person i don't know how you capture that on television without like because like it's weeks between episodes and from the sounds of it seasons so like theoretically if they do this in seasons let's just hypothetically say the first four days of last of us part two are one season and then the second four days because you know it's split into about 12 hour chunks so if they do a season for the first 12 hours of the game season for the second 12 hours of the game imagine having to dwell on that hatred that stew on that for like a year and a half between seasons that seems even more bonkers and like you wouldn't be able to convince your audience to get over it i think it will be very 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 difficult to really let the character of Abby be the same exact Abby in the games. If that makes sense. I feel they like they might have to start with the sympathy, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard because I don't think they should do that, but but audiences are going to respond a certain type of way. I'm sure <laughs> they'll do like test audiences like, "Oh, Let's test one audience and see how they feel about Abby when we go into back Abby's backstory first. Or let's test the other audience and just do it how the game is structured. It's just hard. People who th- there might not be as much patience. And think about when The Last of Us Two came out. There was no patience for Abby. Nobody yeah, and cared. It, and that came out as one product. People were able to play it right away. Right. So it's like, can you imagine? Like, there's so much less patience. And I think there's not necessarily going to be less nuance, but, you know, more people are watching the show and more and more people are going to watch season two because season one was so popular. It was a water cooler show. So it's like general audiences and Abby already did not mesh very well. I cannot imagine what it's going to be like through the TV show. And I feel really badly for the actress who's going to play Abby because I feel like that is going to be a very, very... Especially considering fan groups online now and especially considering the character that she's killing and the actor that plays him. She'll know, though. 
she'll know yeah. like Laura Bailey Laura Bailey will be able to prep that actor thoroughly. I hope so. <laughs> Which is good. Like, it's not fair and it's not right, but it's just no. the way online fandom works now. People are crazy. They can't differentiate reality and television. They've lost their their brains have melted from COVID nineteen. If it's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if the if you hated on Abby, it's because you had COVID. <laughs> Look at that; it's a, that the Venn diagram's a circle. I'm just saying it's okay to hate Abby. Yeah, There's you're no supposed reason. to hate Abby. You're There's supposed no to hate to her. not hate her, especially when you first play the game, uh, and when she first kills Joel. Um, I love her though. Like I, I don't love her like I would want to be her best friend, but like she's an incredibly written character. And her motivation makes sense. Yeah. I'm not saying it's fun because it sucks because we love Joel. And by the end of the Abby story, you kind of love Abby. So it's brutal that you're like, oh, these characters clash. And clash is a nice word for what happens. And now you have to like pick this weird middle ground. And the same thing happens like Ellie and Abby are clashing again, soft version of what's happening. And you're like, I adore both these characters. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I mean, you definitely the game or, you know, the game makes them parallel characters for a reason. They're going on the same journeys. It's just that's the whole me- that's the whole point is this cycle of revenge. It just keeps going on and on and on until somebody breaks it. And I I'm think that s- um, the the writers of the, sh- the Craig Ma- Mazin Mazin, I think he's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a great director. Um, I watched Chernobyl. Did you watch Chernobyl? I've started. I haven't finished it yet. It's devastating. It is yeah. a really hard show to watch. Um, but he was really, really passionate about it. They had like a podcast for every episode, which is the same they have for The Last of Us. They have like a podcast for every episode. It's like him and Neil Druckmann and Troy Baker. But it's like... I think that this is someone who's really passionate about the story and that to me provides a sense of comfort because even if I, you know, even if you go into season two with the knowledge of like the crazy fan base and like people are going to, it's going to be very divisive. I think understanding that the creator knows the intent and that the creator cares about the intent of the story. I think that's the most important thing to me because I don't mind as much like the one-to-oneness. I understand that complaint or complaints not the right word. I understand that criticism. Um I don't mind it as much because I like I said I do think there's a benefit to hearing the same story through different medium and through different lenses. Um Yeah. But yeah, I Did you know Laura Bailey was in last night's episode? She had a cameo? Yeah, she's one of the nurses. That's so funny. I was cuz I cuz I read, I was like I read on Twitter and I was like, no way. And then someone posted a picture and I was like, oh my God, there she is. I love her. I hope that she has an actual role in the next season somehow because she's an incredible actor. Yeah. Um, the thing for me also is that I have not replayed part. I've replayed Last of Us 10 times. I'm not exaggerating. I've replayed part two zero times. When I played part two, it was one of the most grueling pieces of media I've ever consumed. I felt this sense of dread in like the pit of my stomach 
for two real life weeks while I finished it. Like I just, when I wasn't playing it, I felt like almost sick with dread because the plot is so incredibly painful and dour. And I want to replay it at some point. I will definitely replay it before the next season of the show comes out. But part of me also wonders like, how do you maintain an audience with that? I mean, I guess it probably will succeed because Last of Us 2 is an incredibly well-selling game, so people like the game. But, like, a lot of people quit that game. Very few people, not very few people, but, like, you can look at, like, the trophy stats. Mm -hmm. Not that many people finished Last of Us Part 2 out of everybody who bought it. I'm thinking a lot of people will stop watching after Joel dies. Which is, like, ten minutes in in the first episode, probably. Yeah. I think that's just what's going to happen. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a big like drop in ratings. I just think that people are going to say, well, I wanted to watch Joel and I wanted to watch Pedro and I'm, I don't care anymore. Which is crazy because it's not about him. It's about the story. And it's really about Ellie. I mean, at the end of the day. And it's, you know, you can't fault anybody for liking Joel. They make him, despite his best efforts, they make him very likable in his own way. His I mean, love he's a lot more likable in this show, I think. His love and care for Ellie alone is like is redeeming to me, even though it's ultimately what what damns him. But I well, I'm biased because I like Pedro. So I also just found out I looked up while we were talking. Last of Us Part Two is the highest completion rating of a major PlayStation 4 game. Fifty eight percent. Wow. Which for a game, that's really high. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm so curious and I think this is going to fade to the back of my mind very quickly because this series didn't have a major impact on me because I've knew the story so well. It's I mean no no like that's not a negative to the creators. They did an incredible job, but I just know the story too well. There was no way that they could have made this hit home. The only time that they made me absolutely like affected was the bill and frank story which is entirely new Mm -hmm. so i am not capable of being affected in that way um i also worry okay this is my one petty grievance and it's not really a grievance ashley johnson is profoundly good as ellie especially in part two her prefer one wow her performance (laughs) is just on another level it is unbelievable and she has a range that i don't think bella ramsey has i think bella ramsey's going for something more nuanced it's not like she's talentless she is incredibly talented but i don't know i just think ashley johnson was so perfect in part two that some of the big moments are going to be hard to hit the same way because there's a lot of like extreme distress in part two that Ashley Johnson did an incredible job of expressing. And I don't know how that will translate. And there is a part in episode eight that I'm not going to talk about because it's, you know, really, really dark and I don't need to, to bring that up. But Bella Ramsey did knock it out of the park. Definitely knows how to be upset on camera, but I'm just curious how that'll be handled for a whole season or two of television. Cause part two is just such an, 
it's just the most one of the most dour stories ever told in media. Yeah, it's yeah. I think uh I think they will pull it out of the bag. They will pull that bag right out of the river. Why was it in the river? I don't know. I'm tired. We've been talking a long time. <laughs> That's true. I like Last of Us. I think I'm glad this TV show exists because I think the story deserves to be told on a wider in a wider way and this show's just going to continue to grow. You know, people are now that it's over, there's going to be a giant influx of audience members who are like season 1's over, now we'll watch it. You know, mm-hmm. like the the binge audience. Um this property is already huge and now it's just going to become even bigger. It's going to put a lot more pressure on the games. And that's a good thing, I think. Um, it's weird to me that the next thing in the pipeline is the multiplayer game. Realistically, that should come before season two of the show. It probably won't. That's actually not realistic. TV gets made a lot faster than video games. Yeah. I'm also very curious when they finish The Last of Us Part Two if they stop. I, I mean, HBO is pretty good about finishing things, right? They don't drag things on longer than they need to be going. Usually no. they just... The only... No. I can't even... Th- I mean, my favorite HBO show, Succession, is ending this season after only four seasons. Barry Granted, there's is no one of my favorites. Material. That's true. Barry's Barry- one of my favorites, and that's that fourth season just got announced to be the last season. That's crazy. And we it's didn't just, even know that. The truth is, is that HBO shows are A very expensive be very high quality and see they are remember how i said they were very expensive yeah. they're more expensive than you think they are <laughs> they're be- very expensive so oh what so i'm sure that they just don't last long based on that metric alone um, yeah except for, unless you're like game of thrones which is their most expensive show to make but it also makes them the most shmoney. it's also their source material so they're not just like stretching it they were making seasons based on books right and then they ran out of source material and they were like oh oh that's mm-hmm. what if they made a last of us like part three but it was just the show and they just absolutely terribly ruined it you that's know, not funny i don't know why i said that <laughs> i i don't um, i don't actually foresee that being that bad because neil Druckmann would probably be working on it with them whereas game of thrones um george r, r. martin was like i gotta go and they were like well, we don't have George anymore. What do we do? <laughs> George. He's like, I got to go make Elden Ring. He's like, sorry, I'm working on Smelden Ring. <laughs> um, I don't know why I call it Smelden Ring. It's a really incredible game. It's just like something's rewired in my brain that I can't call it its regular name anymore. It's been a year. Like the game came out over a year ago and you've been saying it nonstop since before release. True. Um, Callie, I feel like we owe the audience uh, the end of the episode. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has stuck around and listened to us talk about The Last of Us. Bless Excuse you. me. And listen to me hiccup. Um, <laughs> you've been blessed. Thank you. I, I meant the all... people for getting blessed by your hiccup. Oh. oh, there's another one. I hope you're all having an incredible day. And I'm excited for you to come back next week when we talk about, I don't know, Whatever Andrew thinks he's doing right now on my screen, which you can't see, I'm giving he's giving me a down thumbs down. Because uh, I don't want this mean. episode to be over. I love the show so much. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. 
Kelly has raised her hand. I think it's time to end the episode. <laughs> We're playing with the Google chat features now. <laughs> okay, Kelly, what did you play this week? The Google chat features. <laughs> I raised my hand up and down five times. <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.